What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of A Yank and a Swede, a Premier League podcast. My name is Sebastian Orn. I'm your Swede. With me, Elit Niblock, your Yank. And uh, we're going to discuss what went down in the Champions League and nibble a little bit at the Europa League as Arsenal were playing. <laughs> you know, sort of feed Elliot there, keep him happy. And then, of course, we got match week six coming up in the Premier League. So we got to talk about that as well. And uh, before we jump into everything, you know, just some some life stories as we're recording this while my daughter is taking a nap. I thought it was a good idea to take her to the park, let her, you know, run around, get some of the, you know, make sure that she'll go down easily and be yeah, t- get some of the rambunction out. Yeah, be happy and tired and all that. Um, got to the playground. The swings were closed. The swings are closed? Yes, they were roped off because they were doing something. Because they have that weird material, which is sort of bouncy. It looks like almost like asphalt, but it's bouncy. Oh, yeah, it's like the rubber stuff. Yeah, so they had that, but I guess they were shining it or something, put a new coat on there. So that was closed. Went over to the play area where they have, you know, the slip and slide and all that stuff. That was also closed. So I was like, okay, well, this is going great. So we went over to the soccer field, and I basically had her do suicide. Um, <laughs> and then she comes mid, about mid, yeah, it was pretty much smack dab in the middle, center circle. And I just see her go down, I'm like, wait, what happened there? We've had perfect weather here for a couple of days. But in that one particular spot, it was like a little mud pile ditch. Yeah. So, uh, boat sneakers covered in mud, had to take her into the restroom, hose those off. And then she was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go home. Went home. She did not get enough energy out. So it took a while for her to go down, but here we are. Now we can finally record. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing I had to deal with this morning was putting books on my bookshelf. Oof. Books on the bookshelf. Yep. Yeah, that's that, good. Makes me feel a little more at home. I was going to say, it's still nice that some people actually have physical books. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't I don't mess with Kindles, man. I like paper. I mean, I, I appreciate my Kindle or my Kindle app on my phone when I travel. Uh, but, yeah, as far as reading a book, it's it's nice to have the physical thing. Okay, with that, let's jump into the Champions League and... Um, couple of noteworthy things here. Lionel Messi tied the, uh, or not tied, he went first now with the amount of Champions League hat-tricks. So I think he's up to eight. Cristiano Ronaldo has seven. Uh, Barcelona took a 4 nothing win over PSV Eindhoven. Pretty much on track there. Tottenham Hotspur, though, they suffered a 2-1 to defeat on the road against Inter after two late goals by the home side. Christian Eriksen gave Spurs the lead 53rd minute, then uh, Icardi scored in the 85th, and then Vizino tied things up deep in stoppage time. Uh, so Spurs off to a less-than-ideal start in the Champions League. Yeah, you could say that again. I mean, that's uh, kind of the... I mean, that's why we sing songs about that, right? You know, and you effed it up 1-0. Yep. You effed it up 2-1. You lost. There we go. Uh, Liverpool, they took on PSG at home. A very entertaining game. That was sort of the marquee matchup of Tuesday's fixtures. Uh, Liverpool went up 2-0 in this game. PSG fought back. 
But then... Wait, no. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And then the one-eyed assassin, Roberto Firmino, scored in stoppage time and even did a little fake eye patch goal celebration. I loved that celebration, um, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and I don't think I don't think that Vertonghen had any malice when he uh, uh, poked practically plucked his eye out. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean it was it would it was a, a you know innocent mistake, right? Uh, although probably not as innocent if you're Firmino, but it, you know, uh, anytime you score a stoppage time winner in any match, it's exciting. Doing so, coming back from injury and some question marks about whether you would play and coming off the bench is even more so. And then, of course, a big European night against the other giant in the group at home. Yeah, phenomenal night for Liverpool. Oh, and I think that, I mean, one of the big takeaways from this match, you know, obviously we're more focused on the Premier League ourselves. And yeah, Liverpool looked their consistent great selves as they've been so far this season, somewhat vulnerable at the back. But PSG really did not look like the dominant force that you would certainly expect their payroll to produce. No, that is very, very much true. I think Liverpool was, you know, sort of controlling this game. They got a little bit lucky pulling one back. Phenomenal strike, though, by uh, uh, Munir. And then Mbappe showed some magic. But yeah, as far as if you just look at the team sheets, PSG, on paper, they have a very, very strong side, a very expensive side, like you said. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, I mean, even though it was a little lucky maybe that the ball fell to Munia, he finished it beautifully. And there was a shout for offside because Cavani was offside when the ball was played in and did make a play for the ball. But, you know, at the same time, in the build-up to Liverpool's first goal from Sturridge, when Alden was off also. So there's a little bit of poetic justice there. Yeah. Yeah, we should say that James Milner scored another penalty. He's good at those. So a perfect start for Liverpool there. Well, he he also had a phenomenal game overall. I mean, he looked he's he's a player that is never going to sell a million shirts a la Ronaldo or a Messi or Mbappe or even a, you know, Firmino or Mane for that matter. But he works so hard and his hard work I think is you know one of the reasons that they took all three points without him regardless of the goal, you know, say they convert that penalty without his work in the middle of the park, they do not win this match. No, that's very true. He's a, He's been very good at adapting himself as he's gone throughout his career. Cause... Yeah, he's like a weird, like a like a world-class journeyman, right? Yeah. You know, when we say that a player is a journeyman, it's often kind of like, you know, thinly veiled criticism of, oh, they're not, they're not good enough for any big club to really want to hold on to them, but... He's yeah, as you say, Seb. You're totally right. He's done an amazing job of kind of transforming himself to fit the mold of the style of play dictated by the managers and teammates that he's had at a number of different situations. So yeah, I mean, really, too, since he came up so young, too. Really, uh, I mean, he made his Premier League debut in two thousand two, two thousand three season with Leeds. So he's been around for a long, long time. He must have done his debut when he was like 16. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if the player, the Arsenal debutants in Walcott and Wilshire can remake themselves as successfully. I'm not totally convinced they will. No, and I mean, a very distinguished Premier League career too. Leeds, Newcastle, Aston Villa, and then going to Man City and then Liverpool. So, 
good on him. Good on him. Uh, if we take a look at Wednesday, uh, Manchester United, they defeated the Young Boys 3 nothing. Hooray. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I mean, for un- up until that first goal, Young Boys, they were very much in the game. Very much in the game. But two goals by Pogba, one from the penalty spot. Um, he's also good at those. He's also good at those. So, yeah, 2 nothing at halftime. Then Martial scored in the second half. So, overall, a comfortable win for United on the road, which, you know, I'm happy about. Yep. But, and you kept a clean sheet. Yep, that's also good. And really, one of the highlights, too, was seeing uh, Diogo Dalot get a start at right back. Very promising mm-hmm. young player. So nice to see him in there. Uh, the big, big, big matchup, though, on Wednesday, that was Real Madrid against Roma. Real Madrid took a 3-0 win. Goals by Isco, Bale, and Diaz. So, um, yeah. Nothing too shocking here the first match day, I would say, except no. Manchester City losing to Lyon at home 2-1. to one. Yeah, that that is a big surprise. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to sound that smug. <laughs> Oh, come on, Seb. We all know your allegiances. Uh, I mean, but here's here's the question, though, is that when we look back at City crashing out of the Champions League against Liverpool last season, yeah, something that I said in the buildup um, to this year was I think that Liverpool challenging them in the league is actually going to potentially help their Champions League chances in the long run because they're going to have to remain totally switched on and they're not going to get into the knockout rounds and have essentially the ability to coast towards the Premier League title. At least that's my prediction at this point. Um, but, you know, that said, uh, perhaps the early effect of that is they're a little too focused on the league six match days in because... Uh, they did not look their normal scintillating best by any means. No, and Lyon, they they stuck to their game plan. They took good care of their chances. They only had three shots on target. Uh, Man City had the vast amount of ball possession and all that. So really, you got to give credit to Lyon for playing a very good away game. Uh, yeah, and I think that uh, um, you know we're talking about how stacked City are, and indeed they. You know, they are. They're a really strong team. Uh, but Lyon are not uh, a club to shake your nose at by any means. And I think that uh, Fakir, their second goal scorer, is one of the next French players who's likely to move from Ligue 1 to a big, big club in the Premier League, perhaps this summer. Well, he he was more or less a done deal for Liverpool, right? And then something happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, boy, God, can you imagine Liverpool with the squad they have plus Fakir? That's scary. I mean, then I would think you would have to say that they might even have the advantage over City in terms of quality in the final third. Yep. Yeah, but, nice for Rafael da Silva to go back to England and get a win, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, we'll dip our toes into the Europa League... I thought it was a nibble, not a toe dip. Oh, yeah, okay, let's nibble on it. Yeah, let's Would keep you... our metaphors consistent here, Seb. I don't want to be eaten with my feet here. We should... Some hand, foot, and mouth disease. Crap. Yeah, that's gross. We should say that uh, Malmö, the lone Swedish team in the tournament, got spanked by Genk 2 nothing. 
I think they had one shot on target. Uh, but Arsenal against Vorskla Poltava, a 4-2 win for Arsenal. A uh, solid game by Arsenal, in your opinion, a Bomeyang with two goals? So, the good first. Um, yes. Yang looked great. I think even more important, both uh, Mikatarian and Ertzel off the bench had great games. Uh, I think that that's important for both of their confidence. Um, I mean, Mesodotso is a player that often gets some stick about kind of maybe you could call it lack of mental fortitude, whatever it is. You know, he came off the bench. He made an impact. He got himself a goal. Excellent. Awobi also had a great game. Um, you know, Welbeck got on the score sheet. We saw Lucas Torreira starting for the first time, which I was a bit, you know, I was a bit surprised to see him in the starting eleven in the Europa League prior to the Premier League. I mean, I've been calling for him to start for a while, but he had a great game. Uh, I hope that, especially since he was taken off, that Emery will decide that his showing, plus how fresh he is, not having played the full 90, will be enough for him to get the start at the weekend. All of that was great, you know. And when we were 4-0 up, I was thrilled with the performance. And then we switched off two minutes after Ertzel's goal. We concede. It, it, you know, and after the match, Emery said that we need to play switched on for the full 90 minutes. He didn't use the term switched on. He's not quite there in terms of English slang. <laughs> but, you know, we need to stay focused for the full 90. And we didn't. And I'm, I've been seeing this on this show since match day one that I do not expect to see Arsenal keep a clean sheet this season. And to this point, we still have not. You know, we've conceded some garbage time goals. Like, this game was done and dusted when we conceded, when Newcastle scored against us, also done and dusted. But it's disconcerting, you know? And I think that I, I will even go so far as to say when we take on Brentford at home, in the League Cup on Wednesday, I would bet on Brentford to score a goal because I don't believe that Arsenal can keep anyone out. I do, however, so that, you know, the quick, the footnote takeaway is, on the one hand, we look great attacking. Some of our attacking players got a further boost in confidence. That's excellent. I'm confident in us scoring goals. I am equally confident that we will always concede and i think that we'll see that against everton at the weekend and then as i say even against lower division opposition in the league cup next week mm-hmm. uh so ben leno got a start though yeah he did i feel like i need to see more from him um you know for a goalkeeper 90 minutes isn't a huge sample size but i mean this guy is not a kid right you know we plumped over 20 million pounds on him and he has something on the order of, I think, 200 first-team Bundesliga appearances under his belt. You know, it's not... He doesn't... I I don't know that he needs to really be eased in in the way that Emery is easing him in, and I feel the same about Torreira. You know, he played well for Sampdoria. He played well at the World Cup. He is a player who knows what it's like to compete at the highest level. Um, you know, we're now coming in towards the final week of September. The World Cup is long since past the rearview mirror. I I wonder I wonder if easing players in this way is just a function of 
how Emery always operates or if it has a little more to do with he's a little more hesitant because he is a new manager and because, you know, he wants to kind of pay some respect to the squad players who have been here for a while, you know, like Czech, um, like Granite Shaka. But but you say that and then you say, well, hang on, look at this teenager from France, Guendouzi, and he's getting starts. So I'm I'm scratching my head about Torreira even more than Leno. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we have to see Torreira starting in the Premier League before too long. Maybe it's this weekend. If not this weekend, boy, howdy, it certainly better be against a surging Watford team on Saturday, September 29th. Yep. We should say that Stefan Lichtsteiner got his first start for Arsenal as well. So, uh, you know, overall, not a bad bad night for them. Uh, Chelsea, they took a 1-0 win on the road against uh, Pauk, P-A-O-K, from Greece. Tessasunulikni or whatever that goddamn island is called. Um, maybe it's on the main line. I don't even know. But it's one hell of a word. Uh, great display there. The fans, though. Man, I've never seen so many flares at one one uh, game. It was it's quite the show. But Williams scored a lone goal here early on in this one seventh minute in. Ross Barkley got the assist. So, uh, good on Chelsea. And speaking of Chelsea, as we move into our Premier League preview, they have a London derby coming up on Sunday against West Ham. Mm-hmm. And against a West Ham team that, for you know, I think you would have to say, really the first time this season showed a combination of grit and quality to take all three points at Goodison Park. So, this is this is a good match. I mean, I think that for at least the, you know, I mean, I have to be honest, right? I'm an Arsenal supporter. My big fixture on Sunday is going to be Arsenal-Everton. But, you know, if you're a neutral fan, I would certainly say, boy, you got to wake up for West Ham-Chelsea at the 8.30 Eastern kickoff because that's that's going to be a great game. Or at least it has it has the ingredients to be. Chelsea could run out 3-0 winners, but I'm I'm thinking that... West Ham will get on the score sheet, but it'll be a 2-1, 3-2 victory for Chelsea. Well, I mean, this is a big game for West Ham, too. I mean, when they go up against these bigger clubs in the derbies, they definitely want to get something from it. Uh, Arnautovic will be assessed after picking up a injury, knee injury uh, when they beat Everton, so we still don't know if he's going to be in or not. Uh, Chicharito is out with an illness, and then, as you all know, Jack Wilshere is on the sidelines with an ankle injury for about five more weeks. Oh, Jackie boy. Some things never change. Yep. No, it it will be interesting. And, you know, you always got to look for any kind of edge, too. If If you take a look at the starting 11 for Chelsea in the game they played on Thursday, I mean, really, I would assume that they will start pretty much the same team on Sunday. So maybe... West Ham can uh, come out strong, and Chelsea might be a little bit fatigued, although they've had ample time to rest. But you never know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. You never know. Um, but I, I would still, I, I still, I pick Chelsea to, <laughs> to oh, win. Yeah. No, especially, of course, especially if Arnautovic isn't. Yeah, coming on. 
you know, five straight wins. Yeah, you got to go with Chelsea in this one. Arsenal or Everton, like you said, that's the 11 a.m. Eastern time kickoff on Sunday. Interesting match as well. Sort of see how Everton, if they can bounce back. If Arsenal, like you said, if they can ever keep a clean sheet. I'm telling you, the answer is no. But I also think that the fact that they'll be playing at the Emirates uh, should be helpful. But I mean, I... I think Arsenal are going to win this one, two one, and you know what? I'm even going to I'm going to throw down for Theo. I'm going to say Theo scores a goal at the Emirates and declines to celebrate. Okay, so we we know we should never read too much into history here, but Arsenal are unbeaten in 24 home matches against Everton in all competitions. Oh, oh that means we're going to lose. <laughs> Last time Everton beat Arsenal was in the Premier League. In January 1996, there was a 2-1 two, two win for Everton. God, is that... But that's that's exclusively at the Emirates, yeah? And um, whatchamacallit? Oh, Highbury, of Highbury, course. thank you. Um, Aaron Ramsey has scored six Premier League goals against Everton, more than he has against any other side in the competition. All six goals have come in his last four games against Everton. Where are you coming up with these stats, Zeb? PremierLeague.com. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Um, so uh, Richard Lisson will be back from his three-game suspension. And um, there's still some question marks about Jerry Mina, same as Coleman, and Andre Gomez. Uh, so we'll we'll see there. But they will be out without Phil Jagielka and Michael Keane. Yeah, well, we should also say that if... Everton do manage to win this game, um, which the you know fatalist supporter in me said, of course, with that record, that means we'll drop all three points. But if they do, they will be on even on points with Arsenal at nine. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be an interesting one. If we move over to Saturday, uh, the early game, Fulham-Watford, that's on NBCSN. We'll see if Watford can keep things going or Fulham is starting to figure things out. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about Cardiff and Man City, though. That's the 10 a.m. kickoff that's on CNBC. And Cardiff, not off to a very good start. No. And, of, of course, I mean, City stumbling midweek. Um I think that could own, be. But... I think that could be really bad for Cardiff. I know. I was just going to say the same thing. I was like, you can see the frustration visible on their face, especially a shot from Jesus comes to mind, in which he just you know brought his shirt up over his head and threw his hands down, furious that he'd missed it. And if they can channel that frustration into attacking verve that matches the quality they have on the team sheet. Oh boy, there could be a goal glutton Wales. Yep. Yeah, we should say we got news here today as well that Sergio Aguero has extended his contract with Man City, so it uh, goes until 2021. Um, so he probably got a little pay bump there and added another year, so that's good for him and for Man City. Still a very, very capable striker. Cardiff, one of four teams that have yet to win a game. They have three losses and two draws. And uh, only mustered three goals in five games. Yeah, that that last point I think is the most damning among them. Yeah, I think we can see we can see some goals here by City in this one. 
Uh, yeah. If, if we were still doing our predictions, I would say five nothing. Ooh, yeah. I, I'm. I think I think four nil. I'm not going to give them all a five, but I would. Uh, I would be shocked if they scored less than three. God, I can't. God, they're so good. Yep. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that, but I am. No, that's true. And then we also got Liverpool against Southampton. That's on regular TV. All other games are on NBC Sports Gold as far as the 10 a.m. kickoffs. And then our 12.30 p.m. kickoff. That's Brighton against Spurs. So we'll see if Spurs can sort of bounce back here and give Brighton sort of a thubbing. But Yeah, I I mean, I would say you have to say that it's – I mean, Spurs aren't as talented a team as City. They don't have the like crazy goal scoring record from last season that City do. Also, but I I would be concerned from a goals perspective of a similar Spurs response to the loss as we've just been talking about City. No, that's true, and I th- think that we can really start asking some questions here about the depth at at Spurs. Yeah, I mean, and that I guess maybe that's even counter to my point in terms of City have a phenomenal bench. Tottenham, maybe not quite so much. Um, I mean, you know, they're still a, a talented team. I mean, if we look at the, uh, like, so, you know, let, let's look back specifically to the bench that they had against Inter Milan, right? You know, they had Danny Rose, Harry Winks, Victor Wanyama, Kyle Walker-Peters, Lorente, Paulo Gazzaniga, who I don't even know. I assume maybe he's a backup. I I, I have no idea who that is. I'm yeah, gonna have to the, look that that's up the right now. Third keeper. The third keeper. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say he must be the third keeper. Um, and yeah, the I think by far the strongest player on the bench, of course, was Lucas. Um, they they're a really strong eleven, but I, I think you're right. I mean, he maybe. You can indict them for saying you're you're a really strong team of eleven. Where's your twelfth man yeah. or your thirteenth well, or fourteenth? That, that's what I, I'm saying too, though. Because if you look at that bench, I think Lucas Mora, you know, he has every, every capability to be a starter, and oh, yeah. Danny Rose can compete with Davies about that yeah. left back position. But other than that, I don't feel like oh, Victor Van Yama should surely be in the starting eleven, or Harry Wings should surely be in the starting eleven. Fernando Lorente meh he's really meh and they they still having trouble finding a suitable backup for harry kane vincent Mm jansen was a big disappointment yeah definitely um i mean i think that the you know i don't i don't want to get too much into the old ooh power shift in north london is it red is it white etc but if you do look at the depth that arsenal have I, I think you have to say they're a deeper squad. I mean, I, I'll immediately reiterate my feelings that we are very weak in defense and we will always bleed goals. But, you know, the start at the the midfield, so starting for Arsenal at the weekend or the midweek in Europa League, Elneny, you know, not the greatest midfielder in the world, but a stalwart Egypt international, Lucas Torreira, the big signing I've been calling to start, and then an attack, you know, Mkhitaryan in the center as well, Welbeck and Iwobi on the flanks, and then Aubameyang, Welbeck, Iwobi, Elneny, all not regular starters. We've also seen Mkhitaryan not start, and then, you know, the the regular starters on the bench in 
Lacazette, Ertzel, Guendouzi, he has been starting regularly. I still think of him kind of as a very promising squad player. I'm not totally convinced he's necessarily going to be the first name in the team sheet, but he's a, he's a phenomenally talented player. He's an excellent passer of the ball. And then Emil Smith-Rowe. You know, Smith-Rowe and Nkedia are the only two on that bench that you only expect to make the Europa League bench. And Smith-Rowe came on and played a very good game, I thought. Yeah. So I think that this is, you know, this is what I will say to that kind of North London power shift talk is Tottenham are objectively a better first eleven. I think that you have to admit that Arsenal are an objectively deeper squad, even if the heights of their quality are maybe not quite as lofty. No, that's true. And we should say that Spurs, they are missing Deli Ali, who goes straight into the 11. Musa Sissoko, you know, borderline. Um, But, yeah, it's... uh, I think they need to go and do some shopping during the January transfer window. Because they didn't... didn't, Certainly didn't didn't do any in the summer. No, that's the thing. They didn't do anything in the summer. I'm assuming a lot of money is being poured into the new stadium and all that, of course. And then they've given some new contracts to some of these players too, which is also bumping up costs. But, you know, to not go out and get anything, maybe not the best move if you want to, you know, see yourself as a title contender. Yeah. With that, we're going to wrap things up. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Elliot is Keats was better. And then give one yank, one sweet a follow as well. We'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>